0: This is from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord." And see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at the shepherd, at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all of these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Would you pray with me this evening? God, we thank you for this story that is not just a fable or a tale or a metaphor. God, this was you choosing to save the world by becoming human. You, the creator of heaven and earth, the most powerful being in the universe. God, you decided to take on human form. To save the world. And God, we thank you on this Christmas Eve, 2015, that so long ago you decided to do this. You decided to make yourself known to man. God, that you decided to save the world in such a remarkable, unique fashion. God, tonight we, like the shepherds, we give you glory and we give you praise for what you've done because the story of Christmas is, doesn't end after the birth of your son. God, the story of Christmas continues throughout his life and to his death and his burial and his resurrection. And God, I pray that tonight the story would continue um, to those who are gathered here in this place personally. God, I pray that you would encourage those who are here tonight who already are Christ followers, who already believe in you. God, I pray that you would encourage them and challenge them to a new place in their faith walk. And God, I pray for those who walked in here tonight and they don't yet believe. God, I pray that tonight would be their night of salvation, that Christmas Eve 2015 would be a night that changes them for eternity. We give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope you're doing well. Hope you didn't get too cold walking in tonight. Be careful as you leave with the ice and the snow out there. It's going to be tough getting home tonight. You know, who would have known that um, on Christmas Eve it was going to be you know, 73 or 4 degrees and about 90% humidity? Um, we would have done this whole like below the equator theme if that were the case, if we had known that. But um, I I wanted to ask you tonight before we dive in, um, how many of you love this weather and you're like, I want to go to the beach tomorrow and actually want to swim in the beach? Like, how many of you love that it's warm on Christmas? Raise your hands. All right. (laughs) We got clapping. That's great. It's awesome. How, How many of you are still dreaming of white Christmas? I'm raising my hand right there. All right. All right. Okay. I think that wins tonight in this service, but, uh, you know, I think there were a bunch of surfers in the first service because they all wanted the warm weather. But, um, hey, I wanted to encourage you because those of you who want a white Christmas, um, there are places that it's, you know, actually warmer um, than it is here. Right now, (laughs) in uh, a place in South Africa, Ulundi, it is 115 degrees right now on Christmas Day there in South Africa. So it could be worse, right? And for those of you who think 73 degrees and 85% humidity is, like, you know, not warm enough, um, it's too cold. Uh, In Russia, in Utsnara, Russia, it is 70 below zero right now, okay? So it could be worse either way, right? Am I right? Wow. Uh, Christmas is a a time of year where um, it's kind of known for, marked for. um, Every picture we see, every movie We watch every book we read about Christmas. It's known for uh, happiness and joy. It's supposed to be the time of year where um, we gather with family and we're excited and joyful and happy about um, everyone coming together. And we're excited and joyful around the idea that um, we can eat together, hopefully some good food tonight and tomorrow, right? Right? And that we open presents and we celebrate this time of year that's really supposed to be about Jesus. And then we're happy and joyful when everybody leaves our house and goes back to Ohio. Thank you for coming. Get out of here. And we're happy about that. That brings us joy. Oh, wow. But, you know, um, I realize probably this Christmas more than any other Christmas that there are some of you that um, Christmas isn't all about joy. And it's not all about happiness. In fact, for some of you, um, like it is for me this year, there's a little bit of sorrow mixed in at Christmas time. Um, this past year, uh, my mom uh, started to become very ill at, the, at the, really the end of last year, last week of December a year ago and uh, into January. And by February 11th, she was diagnosed with stage four cancer that had returned after 12 years of her beating it. And the doctors at that point in time on February 11th gave her uh, six months to a year to live. Well, on March 24th, um, she slipped into eternity. It was six weeks. And it caught us all by surprise. And I'm going to be honest with you, um, this Christmas is a little bit harder for me. It just is. It's a little bit harder for our family um, because Grandma Sue's gone. It's a little bit harder for my dad. And I think I probably understand those of you who have lost a loved one, whether it was um, years ago or this past year, or, or whether you're separated from someone, maybe you have a loved one who's serving in the military and is far away. Um, I think I understand um, that little part of you that may be empty. But I want to encourage you tonight, and this message is for myself, maybe as much as it is for anyone here. But I want to encourage you tonight um, That you can have joy and you can have peace even in the midst of maybe the sorrow that you feel or the sorrow that you've experienced this past year. I know and my family knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that Grandma Sue, my mom, who passed away this year at 68 years old, way too young, way too young. I know that she's in heaven with Jesus And I'm positive that she's getting her dream of a white Christmas. She always wanted it. And we always lived in Florida and Georgia. And it never happened. And so I know that she's in a much better place. She's in a perfect place. And there's joy and there's peace. And hopefully tonight, some of you who are here today, and there may be a little emptiness or maybe that little bit of a hole for whatever reason, maybe tonight um, you can resolve that. Not because of anything in you or um, anything you hear from me, but because of what God did by presenting the best Christmas gift that you and I could ever receive. You know, I think about Christmases uh, with mom and dad. Uh, I have great fond memories of, of Christmas morning. How many of you will celebrate tomorrow morning, all right? And how many of you have kids or are kids who will dive into the gifts that are around the Christmas <laughs> Christmas tree? All right, there we go. My son had his hand up first. I like that. That's awesome, Sean. Anyway, we, we will watch that happen, won't we, moms and dads and aunts and uncles and grandparents um, tomorrow? I want to tell you how it was around my house um, on, on Christmas morning. Um, you see, my mom valued a lot of things and she taught us so many things but there's one thing that she valued probably more than anything else in her life and that is order amen. my <laughs> my mom awesome I love it amen my mom loved order she loved things to be organized and so Christmas morning, here's how this went. My sister and I would wake up before anybody else in the house, and this was in Stone Mountain, Georgia. And this is where I moved in eighth grade, and I lived there, you know, until I went off to college. And my parents moved there, um, moved away from there a few years ago. But um, that was that's the those are the Christmases that I remember. It's from eighth grade to the time that I graduated to go off to college. And so when I talk about me diving into my Christmas presents and being excited. I realized I was a middle schooler in a high school, and I don't care, I was excited, it was Christmas, okay? Let's be honest. And so um, we lived there in Stone Mountain, and Christmas would go like this. My sister and I, she was three years younger than me, we would get up first and we would have to wait Because there were those things to prepare for. Mom had to get ready. She had to put the casserole in and all this stuff. And so we had to wait upstairs, up at the top of the the stairs there at the banister. And um, we would just wait and wait and wait. And finally I said, Come on out. And we would run down. I mean, yeah, eighth grade, even a senior, okay? Like we would run downstairs, about pull the banister down, me and my sister, and we would get on the couch and we were ready to go. And then order would take over. (laughs) And one of us would get a gift. And we'd open it very carefully. And if there was a knife around, you would like, you know, peel the knife around the tape, and you'd slowly. How many of you are like, it's painful even listening to this. Like, you know, you're like, I can't, no way I can handle that. the same way. I mean, we were, my sister and I wanted to dive in, right? And so mom wanted it to be orderly and dad, because he loved his life, he wanted it to be orderly too. And so uh, we husbands do that, don't we? And so it was an orderly Christmas and we'd open one present and we'd thank each other and then we'd stop and talk about politics. (laughs) And then we'd open another present and then we'd gossip a little bit about a family member that wasn't in the room maybe. And then we would just open another present and it was like a five or six hour thing for two kids. I think I hear Cynthia saying yes because she experienced this when we got married. Anyway, and so that's the way that it went in the Cullen house growing up. Now, the Cullen House now is different, right, Sean? Right, Sydney? It's different. We, it's not chaos, but it's controlled chaos, okay? So, and we give a little nod to my mom. It's a little bit orderly. You know, um, tomorrow, you're going to watch this happen. You're going to see it. You're going to um, watch the kids dive in. You guys that are out there that are kids or kids at heart, um, you're going to dive in, and you're going to be so excited about those gifts and I want you to think about when you see that. And I realize that Christmas has been consumed with materialism over the last 150 years. I realize that all we think about now are the gifts. And sometimes it's a very selfish approach to the gift giving and the gift buying and the receiving and the taking. And I realize that it's kind of gotten out of control in our especially Western society. But I want you to think about the redeeming value of watching tomorrow morning or tonight, your loved ones dive into those gifts. And here's the redeeming value. God gave us the greatest gift that you could ever receive in the gift of the Christ child. And I want you to picture yourself or your family members or your church or the people that you love diving in to unwrap the gift of Jesus in a similar fashion? What would your life be like if you unwrap the gift of God's son, Jesus, with the exuberance and zeal and excitement that kids dive into their Christmas gifts on Christmas morning? I think it would change a lot. Luke 2 gives us, I think, a great example of how we can view this. And I want to ask three questions tonight just in our short time together. I want to ask, what is the gift that God gave? I want to ask, um, who is it given for? And then lastly, I want to ask the question, how do you and I respond or receive or unwrap the gift that God has given us? First and foremost, um, I love the fact that the gift that God gave us is Jesus, his son. And he brings three things. I want you to consider this. When, when you think about Jesus lying there in a, in a manger, in a stable in Bethlehem so long ago, I want you to think about a few things. First and foremost, contained in who Jesus was and who that baby was, was everlasting joy. Um, joy is really something that eludes us all at times. Um, for some of you, uh, um, joy eludes you more than others. Um, For some of you, you may have gone through a season that is not particularly joyful, and it is very difficult to find. Maybe you've had a tragedy in your family. Maybe you are missing someone, and there's not a lot of joy this Christmas. I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that you can find joy in the gift of Jesus because he offers eternal life. You see, I I will absolutely shed a tear or two over the next couple days. My mom and dad used to um, go up to my sister and her family's house up in upstate South Carolina on Christmas, a few days before Christmas, spent a few days, and they would come down and they would visit us the day after Christmas. Well, so my dad's coming in, but he won't be walking in with mom, and I'm going to miss her. And there's going to be a tear that shed, but I'm going to think of her, and I'm going to think about the fact that because she accepted Jesus as her savior, that she is in heaven right now in a much better place than I am, and that brings me joy. See, you can have joy not because of external circumstances. In fact, that usually takes joy away. But you and I can find joy in Jesus. Luke 2.10, a verse we just read, um, really, really gives us the idea of that. When the angel said to those shepherds, um, fear not. I love that. Like, can you imagine you're a shepherd? Just imagine yourself as a shepherd for a moment. And you're out in a field, and all of a sudden, this angelic being comes to you you would be scared as well, I promise you. You and I would be scared. And the angel says, fear not, don't have fear. For behold, I bring you good news of what? Great joy, joy, great joy that'll be for all people. Part of the reason that we can have joy even in the midst of a situation that may not be very joyful um, is because of what God did through giving us Jesus as our savior. The second thing that Jesus brings is endless peace. Oh man, our world is not known for peace, is it? Just watch the news, visit a news website. Our world is marked by war and terrorism and um, violence, and it's marked by uh, uh, breakups and and, um, disintegration of relationships. There are parts of the world that have been at war since the beginning of humanity, practically. Um, Our world is marked by conflict. And yet, even in the midst of that, we can have peace. You know, here's the deal, though. Like, the conflict isn't just out there. The conflict is sometimes like right in front of us, isn't it? Um, Sometimes peace eludes us in our own personal lives. Maybe you've maybe lost a lot of money this year, and peace is hard to find. Maybe you had a failed business this year, and peace is hard to find. Students, maybe you're you're, um, you've got a uh, a friend or an enemy at school that is absolutely causing so much conflict and so much grief, you can find peace in the midst of that, not through anything that you can find in and of yourself, but you can find it through Jesus. Look at verse 14, I love this. The angels um, said to these scared, terrified shepherds there out in the field near Bethlehem, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, peace, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And so even in a world that's void of peace, we can find peace in the gift of Jesus. And lastly, um, we can find eternal salvation through Jesus. When we unwrap the gift of the Christ child, not only do we find joy and peace, but we can find salvation forever when we die. When it's time for you and I to slip from this world into eternity, um, the choice is ours, whether or not we believe in Jesus to be our Savior. Um, John 1.12 says this, but to all who received him, talking about Jesus, who, what's that next word, say it with me, believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You see, If we put our belief or our trust for eternity in the gift of God's Son, then we can have eternal life when we die. Listen, why even celebrate uh, Christmas if you don't believe that truth? Why even go through all of the, the, the kind of etiquette of Christmas if you don't believe in Jesus? And I realize there may be some of you here tonight where your belief is up here, it's intellectual, it's cerebral, it's logical and it's scientific and I get that and I'm right there with you. But at some point in time you and I have to go through the process of making a decision in our heart whether or not what we believe to be true here sinks in here. Like do we just believe the truth of it or do we trust in it for eternity? Do we trust in God's gift, Jesus? He brings us joy, he brings us peace, and he brings us salvation. Now, who's it for? Who's it for? You know, um, I love it when Christmas is over, and there's the one gift that mom or dad, probably dad, forgot to write the to and from. You know what I'm talking about? Like all the gifts are gone, and there's the one box, and you're like, oh, man, who's that for? We didn't put a name on it. And you're like, okay, family, gather around. It's going to be a family gift. Surprise, it's for grandmas or chocolates, okay? So grandma gets the chocolates. Everything's good. We're fine. Um, there's always that one gift that's left over, isn't there? We don't know who it's for. God's gift of Jesus is for everyone. Everyone. And that includes each one of you. God's gift of Jesus is intended for each one of you, it's an intent and it's intended for me. We have this kind of concept in our minds, and maybe it comes from our religious upbringing, or maybe it's something we read or heard or conjured up in our mind that um, God's gift of joy and peace and salvation and eternity in heaven with him um, is for those who are religious, those who are righteous, like they kind of have their junk in order, those who, you know, really are like radical, you know, the zealots, the people that are just like, you know, we think of as crazy. But I'm here to tell you today that God's gift of salvation is for each one of us, every single one of us. Um, I love this. Going back to verse 10, check this out. Verse 10 says, and the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all people. And here you can use this little Bible trivia um, around the dinner table tonight or breakfast tomorrow. You know what all means there in the original language? All. All right? You can blow people's mind with that thought, okay, tonight. All literally means everyone, the word, and I'm kind of joking around, but the word literally means for. All humans, for everyone who believes, for all those who accept, that's who the gift is given for. But Todd, you don't know what I've done in my life. You don't know the things that I have done. You don't know the people I've hurt. Doesn't matter. God does. And He gave the gift for you. But Todd, you don't understand. Like, what I grew up with is that, like, you had to undo the bad deeds of the past. It says all. God doesn't care how many future good deeds you do to undo the past. There's nothing contained in Scripture and God's Word to us that talks about that. All means all. Everyone means everyone. God's gift is for you. Whether you think of yourself as a good person, a bad person, someone who's done great things or done evil things, it doesn't matter to him. He gave the gift of Jesus for each one of you to accept and it doesn't matter what you've done in the past or how many good things you've done in the past to make up for it. He loves all of humanity, and he gave Jesus even for you. So if you're here tonight and you believe in your heart that like you're like too sinful or too bad or too evil or you know maybe just too stubborn, <laughs> um, God doesn't. He gave the gift of Jesus for you. And then lastly, Um, How should we receive the gift of Jesus? This is my favorite part of this story. Check out Luke 2, 15 and 16. This is where we'll end tonight. The shepherd's response is a great picture into how we should receive and unwrap the gift of Jesus. Check this out. When the angels went away from them, these angels, into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with, what's that next word? Say it with me. Haste. And found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. They were like, hey, guys, um, you don't see angels every day. God doesn't send messengers every day. I don't know why he chose us. We're stinky shepherds, but he did it and we got to go. And so it says that they went, it says, they let's go over. The word in the original language for go over literally means to pass through. Now, we read there that Bethlehem and where the shepherds were, it's kind of in the same region. Most scholars believe that it's actually very close and that Bethlehem was this hub for these shepherds to come in. And the inn was there so that they could rest and they would leave their, um, their flocks out in a pen. And there would be another shepherd that would take over while they rested and ate and that sort of thing. And so there were, there were, it was a common thing for these shepherds to lead their sheep into Bethlehem. And the picture is, is that were, there were these paths where the sheep had stomped down the ground and maybe the, the foliage and that kind of thing. And there were these winding paths into Bethlehem that would have been soft and safe and easy. Well, what this tells us is that those shepherds were so enthusiastic to go see Jesus that they passed right over those winding, safe, easy paths, and they encountered probably a potential danger to see Jesus. It also says that they went with haste. Do you know what that word means? It means literally with zeal. They traveled with zeal. This is like dad who's in a hurry and he's got a lead foot and he is going to get a ticket on the way to grandma's for Thanksgiving or Christmas. They would have broken a few laws if they had cars that night. They went as fast as they could to Bethlehem to see the king of kings that was born. And you know, I love that picture because I just wish that sometimes when I get stale in my spiritual journey that I had that kind of passion. If you're here tonight and you've been a Christ follower for a long time, I hope that you do what they did. Um, (laughs) They didn't let anything stand in their way, and like with a bit of a reckless abandon, they went to see the king. You see, God's greatest gift is Jesus, and he should be received with haste, and with urgency, and with fervor. See, for some of you tonight, um, you've thought about it a lot. Now it's just time to, to believe. It's time to make that step one foot in front of the other and believe. These shepherds did what children do on Christmas morning. They didn't let anything stand in between them and the Christ child. I'm going to challenge you to do the same tonight. Whether you're a Christian and maybe you just need a little um, challenge, need to be stirred up tonight, Um, maybe it's faded for you a little bit, your journey with God, I get that. I've been there a time or two or ten, I've been there or whether you've never believed, don't let anything stand in the way of you unwrapping God's gift, Jesus. You know, that silent night that we're about to sing about, um, it was broken with the cry of a baby, wasn't it? That baby was the savior of the world, that was Jesus. But I think that later on that night, the silence was broken with the thundering footsteps of these shepherds coming into Bethlehem. And for some of you, I don't want you to miss this. For some of you, the silence is unbelief. My challenge to you is break the silence with belief tonight. Break the silence with allowing what you know to be true in your head to move to your heart and trust the Christ child for salvation. Would you pray with me tonight? God, thank you so much for sending Jesus into this world. God, it's so remarkable that you can, you can understand as God what we go through because you chose to become man. It was an extraordinary way to save the world. And God, I'm so thankful that you did that. And God, tonight on Christmas Eve 2015, I pray for those um, like myself who... Made the decision to believe years ago, but um, maybe we've gotten a little stale in our journey with you, or we've allowed it to fade, or we've drifted. God, I pray that you would um, ignite that first love in our hearts once again. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would search our hearts, that you would search our minds, that you would help us and lead us back to that place where there's an exuberance. A zeal for you God God I pray that we would read the story of Christmas this year with different different eyes different lenses that it would be meaningful to us God I pray for those who are in this room and uh, they've never placed their faith in you they've never trusted you to be um, to be their savior and God I pray right now that you would help them to go from that place where they they might know it in their heads, but they they haven't really believed it in their heart of hearts. I pray that you would help them to make that leap tonight. If you're here tonight just in the quietness of this room and you've never really put your faith in Jesus, maybe you've thought about it, maybe you've come close, but maybe tonight um, God's working on you and His Holy Spirit is causing your heart to beat just a little bit faster. And you think about eternity and you want to unwrap that gift. Man, let the Let the silence break tonight by you running to Jesus and asking him to be your savior. I'm going to pray a prayer for those of you who may want to invite Jesus to be your savior tonight. I'm going to pray it out loud. You can pray it in the quietness of this room and in your heart to God. He doesn't care about the words. He cares about the intent of your heart. It's a prayer that goes something like this. God, thank you for loving me enough to send Jesus to this earth. And I admit, I've got flaws and failure. But tonight, I ask you, Jesus, to be my Savior. I put my trust for eternity in you. If you prayed that prayer just in in the quietness of this room with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask you if you prayed that prayer to look up at me. Just look up at me. Just look up at me. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Anyone, anyone else today? To my right and your left. Anyone? Awesome. Thank you. God, I thank you for those who have said yes to you, God. They've, um, they've trusted you as their Savior. They've believed in you. God, I pray that you would um, anchor them to your word. God, that you would... Um, Help them to get involved in a church, whether they live here or not. God, I pray that you would lead them in that way that they're growing with you. If you're here tonight and you made that decision, I want to encourage you um, on that worship folder that uh, you have in your hand. At the bottom of that is a place for you to fill out your information. And there's a box on the back of that where you can check off that you accepted Jesus as your Savior. Please let us know about that. You can take it back to guest services. And they're going to give you a Bible. God, thank you so much for the gift of your son. And tonight, as uh, we light this room, I pray that we would be reminded um, that you are the light of the world. You're the one that leads us from darkness into light, from death to life. And God, we thank you so much that you came to be the light of the world. We thank you so much for the gift of Jesus tonight. In your name we pray. Amen.